107. My man. Michael Vick. John Elway. Ooh. Mickey Mantle. Ooh. Yeah. You got any sevens for us, Josh? Any Rutgers sevens? Oh, come on. Wasn't Tom Savage seven at Rutgers that year? I mean, you're going to cut me like that? Yeah. He How didn't have me like that. He didn't have that. I got uh, you. I think Tyquan Underwood won seven I, at I think you're wrong. I think he I was know. a two. I think Ooh. he was a two. Tim Brown was a two. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That's who it is. You might be right. It might be Tyquan. I was thinking of Tim Brown. I'll check on Tyquan Underwood once I'm done fading out the music. A uh, lot, of, lot of stuff to get to before we talk about football today, which I'm excited about. Uh, first thing. Uh, Josh, let everyone know how he did at the Digiday Awards. Man, we did not win the Digiday Awards. <laughs> we drank a lot of free tequila, though. Yes, we did. We did drink a good uh, amount of free tequila. <laughs> uh, we were given a participation trophy. Uh, we were given a lot of tequila. Who did we lose to? Shit. I mean, we lost to Refinery 29s. Yeah, and I'm going to say, do. I'm going to say, 80% of that, that judging audience was Refinery 29, like, demo. It's like twenty six year old. Let's women. put it this way: it was very clear that the neon D's that the that the winners got were paid for by the winners. I'm going to just say you this: bought too. your victory, but we got to give our shout out to our guys. The Malama, yes, yeah. the Malama brothers won for Game of Zones, and me and Sim, or Sims and I was Josh down there too. We were yeah, we were down there to do shots. We're like whether we win or lose, we're doing shots of tequila, and then we weren't even paying attention. We just heard Game of Zones Bleacher Report, and we just looked over and saw the Malamut brothers like, oh. Do you think they thought we were like really big douches because like we weren't back at the table to celebrate with them? No, I thought about that when I left that night. I was like, man, we weren't really like there to be like, yeah, even though we did that. I we were like, the thing is though. Yeah, we weren't at the table, but we were we waiting at the hugs. bar with a platter of tequila shots we were. when yes. we got there. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I'll also say um, that so when they're announcing the uh, nominees for who they're going to put up, remember, this wasn't the best podcast. This is the best use of podcast that we still don't know what that is. Oh. But they're putting up these other clips. It's like the blank and blank podcast on Refinery29. And it was like an active like Instagram post with words and pictures. They literally put up for us a screenshot of, of our, our iTunes page. of our iTunes page. Where like you would just normally like so they were like they're like so what should we do? Well, let's just shift command for that bad boy screenshot. Like that's what they sent in for us. It was uh, Refinery Twenty Nine Strong Opinions Loosely Held Podcast. Oh man, yeah, I got a strong opinion. I'm gonna loosely held it too. We should have beaten them. Uh, uh, I also want to throw out there that for best use of Facebook feel, Live, feels like we paid our way into that event. <laughs> yeah. <it does. laughs> Uh, best use of Facebook Live, our high school football game broadcasts lost to a feed of Tyra Banks removing her makeup, also on Refinery29. Yes, exactly. We covered an entire football well, game. Well, that's a girl, and Tyra though. Banks took off her makeup. She takes her makeup off. She's a she's, different person. She's a different world from what I've seen, right? It is scary. She goes from, like, oh, careful, she's pretty careful. to fugly. You, you ugly. You ugly. You, My mama is, said uh, you ugly. Uh, you G L Y. You ain't got, got no alibi. You ugly. Uh, uh, you ugly. Uh, the other thing that I learned this week, other than the fact that we were not the best use of podcasts, a lot of people that listen to our show they watch Survivor. It. They love it. I had Ira Freehoff, the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the manager of Cook Shot, come up to me and goes, "I'm in your Venn diagram. I watch Survivor. I'm addicted to Survivor." And I want more Survivor updates. Can I read a couple oh. tweets? Can I read a couple tweets? Because yeah. there hasn't been a new episode. Since a lot the last of women. Oh, hold, darn it! Hold, no uh, new episode. Hold, a lot of women tweeting, being like, "Yes, I was." I was like, "I didn't even know you guys." I'm listen down to with it. women. Listen to us. Yeah, Derek Webb at Coach Webb D. Huge at Survivor CBS and Sims and Lefko fan. Weekly segment needs to happen. Morel Bates at Josh Fendrick. You're not the only Survivor fan. LOL. Elsie Ramos, your Survivor recap on Sims and Lefko Pod was everything. I would like to hear a recap every week. Thanks. Do I need to keep reading? If you want me to, I can. No, but no. just I just as long as you listen, you guys. This is can do this, this is this is the most Fentrick thing ever, though. He'd be like, "Listen, we uh, we need to start recording on Thursdays now, so, so I can do, do my Survivor now. recap." <laughs> That's the most Josh thing. ever. I'm not watching this show, no matter what. No, I don't know. I think so we I don't react. To my him. goal, my goal is let's never watch, right. and then Josh explains it to us, and then we just pick favorites. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll okay. just talk about it. I'll let you guys know how I'm doing in my pool. I have all three of my survivors left. Right. So, and what are their names? Uh man, their names I forget. Hold on. What? Hold on. Hold hey, on. Let me pull up. A, I have a spreadsheet. Well, since the Survivor didn't have an episode, Naked and Afraid did last week. 
I don't watch that garbage. <laughs> Wait, so when does Survivor? Wednesdays? Uh, Survivor is Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. So yeah. how are you going to do this? What do you mean, how am I going to do this? How are you going to give us our Survivor update when we're recording on Wednesdays? We're going to have to talk about the previous week's episode on Wednesdays, and then people will hear it going into that night's episode. Uh, uh. So just so everybody knows, my three Survivors this year are Sri, <laughs> uh, Sierra, and Aubrey. Why would you waste a pick on Aubrey? Aubrey's smart. I'm just I'm Aubrey nice. actually in her uh, <laughs> on her last season she had a good shot to win. She's a smart but girl. What was the first name? Sari. These are all girls or uh, I have three women. Yes, yeah, three women that are going to win. Typical Josh. Who yeah. wins usually? The women or the men? Varies. There have been women. I would think men. the men women the, are better at manipulating these outcomes. That's that's certainly true uh, in some cases. Uh, Sandra, who's on this season of Survivor, she's won Survivor twice. Wow, she's the only two. So times. is this like a redux? They're bringing people back. Uh, the theme of this season is game changers. So it was supposed to be all people so that like change the game in some way. But then you have like random survivors like Haley, who really have done nothing to change the game. Mm. Uh, that just magically appeared on this season. Uh, let's which ask. Let's ask random in. Survivor questions to Josh. Josh, you're favorite survivor player not just not just a winner of all time wait, wait. Oh, where is survivor at right now what good are question. they surviving mm, good question i think they're in i actually don't know where they oh are. my gosh i'm sorry how are you all credibility expert? already uh, first segment ever you on know, it, it's 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 six a dozen half a dozen of the other whatever the expression is they're on an island they're on a beach somewhere doesn't matter i'm there to watch the gameplay so okay so they that's yeah. usually their theme though on a beach on an it's, island it's somewhere. always on is a beach, it the same yes. beach and island every no, time they change it up it's in different places sure every that? season. Well, I mean, for all we know, they could be on freaking Jersey Shore down the road here. I would know that. Uh, favorite survivor of all time. I got to put Colby up there. Colby was season two, Australia, Challenge Beast. Uh, <laughs> didn't end up winning, <laughs> lost to Tina. But when I was in fifth grade, Colby was the fucking man. And then uh, who's the one? Who's the survivor that everyone loved that you just didn't like? The survivor that everybody loved that I just didn't like. I don't know any of these people. How do you, could you do the eating on this stuff? See, that's where I would lose. I'd be like, oh, physical challenge? Sure. Like, go down into a death-defying experience? Sure. But have to eat, like, the crustacean worm? Do you have to do that kind of crap on Survivor? I don't think it's fear factor. No. Yeah, I mean, there are challenges where you have to eat. Yeah, like They, they do, stuff, like, a right. weird eating challenge every season. Yeah, that but would be a loss for me. Well, that's why I want Ira, our Survivor-loving Patriots fan that, that is the man at Cook Shop and um, Comfort Diner yes. on the 42nd. I'm going to think about a Survivor that everyone loves. Uh, but like, I, want him to make, I want him to make I want him to make weird food for you. You want him to make weird food for me? Yeah, I want you to, like, crank out the list. Turn him up a little bit. I know you turned him down, but... Um, so we have one other thing that... Put the mic in front of your face. Yeah, It's, it's you as far as it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's good. You moved it. Uh, so in terms of manipulation, yes, uh, something happened um, on Monday that I, I'm still dying laughing and I want to share with everybody. And Sims told me that it's okay to share. Do I know this? I don't think you do. And that's why I'm yeah. very excited. I already forgot. I don't even okay. So um, we Bleach Report is owned by Turner. And <laughs> I, I don't like this. Bleacher Report's owned by Turner. And for the longest time, there was a guy, his name was Matt Hung, that was the advocate for Bleacher to Turner. And apparently recently he got a promotion. Matt is an unbelievable dude. Uh, I love him. Sims loves him. Fendrick, I don't know how much experience you've had with him, I've but I know you like him. Uh, his son is the man, too. Uh, me and him have our own handshake together. He's anyway, Rory comes up to me like two weeks ago. And he goes, Lefko, did you buy, did you and Sims buy Matt Hong a really expensive bottle of scotch for his promotion? And I went, no. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, because Hong got a bottle from him and it says, congratulations. It says, Matt, congrats on the new gig. Cheers, Chris and Adam. And he thinks that it's you and Sims. And I said, so Hong, so he, I said, so Rory, here's the deal. Definitely did not get it, but I definitely don't want you telling him that I didn't get it. I don't want you telling him that we did it, but I don't want you to not tell him that we did it. Wait. And apparently Sims did the same thing. Like Rory, like Rory came up to him and he was like, no. He goes, just don't tell him. But no, like, I didn't even say that. I was just like, no, I didn't get him. And Rory just looked at me with a grin on his face and he goes, interesting. And he walked away. So Monday night, I get an email Addressed to me, Chris, and Rory from Matt Hung, who's a big deal. And he goes, 
Big thanks for the wonderful gift, guys. Picture attached. So incredibly generous, and I'm forever indebted. Look for excessively lavish gifts in return in the mail this week. And there's a picture of this whiskey. And I went up, and I was like, i got to see how much this whiskey costs. It's like $150 a bottle. So this is like really expensive booze. I get a buzz on my phone, (laughs) and there's a reply to the email, and it's Chris. And I went, what the heck is Chris going to say? So what does Sims do? Well, Matthew, first of all, he calls him Matthew, which is so great. Well, Matthew, can't tell you how happy Adam and I are for you. The new gig is well-deserved. Now sit back and enjoy a nice drink on us. We will keep an eye on the mail. Winky face. He claimed it. He claimed it. Sims claimed the expensive bottle of scotch, to which Matt responded with a smiley face. So now... I didn't respond. I just but, text- you're, but you're guilty by association. I, I was association. I texted Sims the next day. And I was like, "You are a savage." At one thirty in the morning, he texted me, "You're a savage." And I woke up the next day. I was like, "What's he talking about?" I didn't even get it. And then he explained it to me. Yeah, I called him. And I was like, "Dude, you just took credit for a bottle that we didn't get." I think it's I, it's a joke. Rory and Matt Hong are playing on us or whatever. So There's Sims, something. so you guys, you think I, that you're I, getting got right now? I think something. Yes, and I thought I thought just reading the email that the Matt Hong thing was kind of sarcastic. Like this obviously didn't come from you guys, but I'm gonna yeah. go with it. I but I'll tell you what. But it could be wrong and excessively <laughs> lavish gifts. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. I I also am really nervous that this was all a test to see like our honesty. And uh, I'm just not going to respond. So I mean, you know, but that I'm I'm I, I'm now part of the team. You know that this is a highly highly listened to sports podcast. That some well, that's why we're doing it. So because Sims was like, my email came off as a joke, right? And I was like, I didn't read it as a joke. <laughs> I read it as someone being like, we didn't cheat on each other's tests. <laughs> yeah, you guys are a bunch of clowns. Uh, Hong's a man. He'll understand <laughs> it. if I have to go and tell him the real truth, then I will. Uh, but I thought you'd appreciate. I that. I very much do. Um, all right, so I want to show uh, – let's get into football really quick. Uh, the first thing I want to do that's football is Sims. I want to show you and Fendrick this picture. What are your thoughts? Oh. Jay Cutler. That's Jay Cutler's ass. Are you kidding me? You, I knew you haven't seen this. Man. His wife and baby mama – and it's actually his wife and right. bride. And his baby mama. Um, posted a picture of him, bare ass, in a foreign country on Instagram. Yeah, what, what do you think, what do you think of his those, touch? They're one of those huts, huh? Yeah, let's break down Jay Cutler's leg and ass. Yeah, well, he's got decent on... legs. His ass is like a typical white guy quarterback ass. That's what it looks like to me. But man, Jay Cutler's one of those guys you saw in person. He's a lot bigger than you think. Um, square shoulders. He looks like he's been in the weight room a little. Got some arms on him. Uh, and now to the other question is, what do you think of seeing Jay Cutler's ass? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Seen him one, seen one, seen him all. I guess my question is it goes to him and Verlander. Like, remember when Verlander took that naked picture right. with, like, Upton and that got out? Yeah. So they're getting these high society girls that are, like, bringing them to these high society world and this crap picture. Is that part of high society? Because I'm know. not in. I, I don't need my like, ass to they're be Hollywood, out. so whatever. It's just funny that, like, Jay Cutler, this happens where, like, his wife posts and people are like, see, that's just Jay Cutler again. It's like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this quote, but the Saints signed Larry Warford and Sean Payton was quoted uh, talking about him saying he has mass and ass. Mass and ass kick ass. Yes, sir. Colin McCullough sent that into us. Uh, and they always, oh, it. always got big dudes on the front line for the New Orleans. He believes in that big mauling type of guard tackle Mass and center. ass. Mass and ass kick ass. Yes, they do. Uh, the huge thing that happened on Monday was the approval of the Oakland Raiders moving to Las Vegas. It was a 31 to 1 vote. Uh, the one dissent being Mr. Stephen Ross of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and he has a quote that I'd like to read. Yeah. Uh, I believe when you own a team, you're a steward for the city. It's like owning a utility company. And I just don't think everything was done to try and stay in Oakland. If the owner had been more proactive, you can only make a deal when the owner wants to make a deal. Who are you going to negotiate with? How's it going to happen? That's got to be the driving force. And then remember, Ross spent $500 million of his own money to renovate that stadium and did not charge the, the city anything. Yeah. He has become my new favorite owner mm-hmm. by, by doing this. I did not realize that when the Raiders moved, the NFL splits like $50 million each. Each team does of relocation fee. Wow. So no wonder these teams are approving the move. They all get an extra $53 million, I think it is, uh, for relocation fees. Um, that, that was just something I want to talk about before we talk about a team in Las Vegas. Yeah. But 
Um, I-, I love what Ross said, and Mark Davis has been trying to move. Him and the guy from San Diego, now the Los Angeles Chargers, they've always been trying to move. They yeah. just want to. They want to go other places. Well, they have, not everybody is Stephen Ross and just has billions and billions. I don't think the Davis family has that, so they yeah. can't put up five hundred million dollars of their own money and just say, "Here's five hundred million. We'll throw it into a stadium." You know, Stephen Ross was afforded that luxury. There's some other. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's the old well. thing. Why does the city have to take on debt? Why can't the franchise well, take? Well, you on know, debt? listen. The city. Uh, last time I checked, I went to a Raiders game. There's a lot of Raiders jerseys, and don't they have sales tax on those Raiders jerseys? So the city's making money. That's a, such a bullshit comment. I'm so sick of that. Not by you. I just mean by I know. everybody. I'm just purveying I mean, popular. You know, notions. no, yeah, I know. I just I, again, they're making a lot of money off the Oakland Raiders with everything that's sold at the game on game days, merchandise sold in the state of California that's Raiders-driven. Yeah. So You've had three days to think about a football team in Vegas. Yeah. Have any more weird Sims thoughts popped into your head? No, I mean, uh, the only thing I keep going back to, of course, my, no, I haven't had any more weird thoughts. My big thing, again, is just that stadium in general. That stadium sucked. In Oakland, yeah. It sucked. I mean, and I saw Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Smith, he said, Football players shouldn't be getting tackled at second base. Correct. Football players should be able to bend over and put their pants on without having to tell the guy in the next locker, you know, you have to get up or my ass is going to be in your face. Uh, Because that's what you had to do in the Oakland Raiders locker room. You had to take turns getting dressed because you couldn't get dressed to the next guy next to you without your balls or your ass in his face. Uh, So... To me, it was so outdated, and you didn't even need to go into the facility. All you had to do is walk in the hallway of the stadium to go, Has this, thi- this thing has been here since Reggie Jackson was playing ba- baseball. I see. Uh, so that's my issue with we it. Got, we got a question on Twitter from Leon Bakley about the Raiders move. He said, could it become a problem for the Raiders to recruit free agents in Vegas because they don't want their families living there? Is that something that crossed your mind at all? Uh, you, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. I'm certainly there'll be, I'm sure there'll be some, you know, wholesome, good old, you know, southern country boys who might not like the idea of having their family in Vegas. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a deal breaker at the end of the day. You can live a normal life in I'll Las tell you Vegas. the deal breaker. Do you want to live in Vegas at all? No. No, I don't either. I get it. Like, that's but my thing. Would you thing rather is, live in Vegas or Jacksonville? I mean, or I, I literally, when I have conversations about Vegas with people, it's literally the same thing. <laughs> Anything more than three days and you're there for too long. You want to live there? There ain't shit to do. No, I mean, I guess if you're going to go, if you're looking for action, you go to the Strip. But other than that, you're going to live a life of suburbia. I mean, there's a lot of rich people that live out there and obviously have nice houses and are living some sort of nice life that they're doing something to enjoy. But, yeah, it's not for me. I'm with you. Nor do I want to – listen, the whitest man in America don't want to be stuck in the fucking desert. Sorry. I mean, uh, I'll be – you might as well just invest in sun cancer for me if I have to live out there. I don't know if you can invest, but I would imagine if that was on the stock exchange, I would – SPF, I I should say. Uh, So the other news that happened with this Las Vegas team is uh, perfect timing, an immediate press release. Um, A man by the name of uh, Dennis Hoff announced he's opening a sports-themed brothel. Oh, I I saw that headline. Uh, It's going to be called Pirate's Booty Sports Brothel. And um, any one of the Raiders gets 50% off sex parties. Wow. So – to all those people that were like, it's not about that in Vegas. It's actually a good city. No, they were ready. They were ready to well, go. Well, they're going to capitalize. Ooh, pirate booty. They ever had pirate booty? It's actually really good. Uh, it's a nice little healthy snack. Yeah, Puck, it tastes popcorn, like fucking right? insulation. Uh, it's, I like pirate booty. So anyway, brothels. Brothels. I mean, listen. Is there even a chance that a Raider will step foot in that place? Yeah, sure. I'm sure there will. Just like there was guys in Tampa who went to the Japanese massage parlors. I mean, it's just, what do you mean? That's, are Did you, they? You're a man? Do you got a penis? You got a balls? Then you'll probably do something wrong with it if you're single. So I just read an article, though. <laughs> I just read an article that said Tinder is helping the NBA in a weird way because you go to a new city and you don't have to go to a club. Yeah. You go on Tinder. Did we talk about this last week? I don't think so. Okay. I think we may have just talked about this in person. I think oh, we okay. did. I think. I don't know either. But I'm, I'm just saying sure. it's like it's, you know, it's you don't need that anymore. You get the girls to come to your room, right? Well, I mean, if an NFL guy is athlete. working in the Oakland, you know, he's working for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's not going to have to go to the brothel to find some women. I mean, more times than not, there'll be enough women to go around for him to not have to check into a that brothel so and pay money for that. This is just very mansplaining. Gross. 
sexist <laughs> bullshit. Um, but no, at the same time, I think it, it'll be very interesting to see, I think, these next two years with what happens in Oakland, how the how the fans treat the team, um, how Mark Davis is received. Um, I think it's very interesting. I saw Draymond Green said some franchises are legacies. They shouldn't be moved. And I mean, they were the Los Angeles Raiders. And That's what's so Super funny is, you know, it's generational. I mean, my age, I never knew the LA Raiders. Right. It was always the Oakland Raiders. Right. Um, to me, it's just my, my main point is Oakland is one of the most booming cities, up and coming cities in America. The Brooklyn of uh, San Francisco, as they call it. And it's just interesting that a place that seems to be up and coming. But you know what? If they rejected a lot of the public funding, then I get it. Yeah. And, and I don't really know all the details of that. But come on, this is something that's been talked about for four years now, five years. And obviously something's there that Mark Davis doesn't like. I don't think he just wants to leave Oakland. I, I do believe he probably likes the history of it. That's where his father started the franchise at. It was so such a big part of it. So yeah. I don't think he's looking to get out of town. It just wasn't the right deal. The other thing that happened this week, and I hate the fact that the Eagles were leading it, uh, you are no longer allowed to leap during to block a oh, field goal yeah. attempt. You're no that. longer allowed to jump over the center. And I saw one of the main dissenting opinions to this was John Madden, who said, it's not safe, it's not okay. Uh, I thought it was wildly entertaining. And I think when I think about the, the explanation for why to make the extra point longer was to add doubt. I, never, I still don't really doubt it when a guy's coming around the edge. But when you saw that Cam Chancellor or Luke Keekley or even Shea uh, McClellan. McClellan was going to line up, I'm sitting there and I'm watching. That was really entertaining. Do you think it was a big health risk to have someone jumping over the center like that? I guess this is where I look at it. I I almost think it's slightly unfair, I think, for the team kicking the field goal, okay? So the center's there. He's not allowed to have anybody over him, right? He's got to look to make sure he snaps the ball correctly to the placeholder. Now, what's not fair to me is, okay, you have He's not allowed to jump over the center, right? That's what the argument was yeah. on Belichick in the Super Bowl with McClellan. He jumped over the guard, but she was like kind of half and half. But what I'm saying is you're, you are making it unsafe for the guard and the next guy in line. When there's f- like three guys over him, there's a guy head up, there's a guy on this shoulder, there's a guy on this shoulder. We want you to get low and hold those guys, and we're going to send a guy over the top of you. So you want to just expose yourself. There's 900, pe- 900 pounds of people that are going to push mm-hmm. you. They might break something on you, but we want you to be able to block them and then also raise your arm and stop sh- Cam Chancellor as he jumps over the top. So of you. you're okay with this? I-, I am okay with it. I get it. I, I understand. I just thought it was super exciting. But I- it is a cool play. I mean, when Cam Chancellor did that a few years ago in the playoff Carolina. game the first time, that was amazing. He yes. did it twice. Yeah. Um, uh, Goodell will be attending the Patriots season opener. Ooh, baby. Thoughts? He better watch out. Um, they'll do a good job of making him feel welcomed, like at least the New England Patriots will. I don't know about how the fans will. Yeah. Uh, but the Patriots are having fun rubbing this in everybody's face right now. Why do you think Mr. Kraft's telling everybody that Belichick's going to coach to 80? It's basically like, hey, fuck you. We're going to be here for like the next seven or eight years. Brady's going to play seven or eight more years. Fuck yourselves. We're going to win. That's what he, I think he's doing when he's making those comments. Man. Yeah. And Roger Goodell has kind of no choice. He can't avoid them for the second straight year. So, uh, but I, I, th- I still think that your point was valid. He needed to be invited to yeah, go no to the doubt. playoffs. And I don't think he was invited. And it's a lot more fun to invite someone to your house when you're not mad at when them anymore. When you're raising the Super Bowl banner. It's really, yeah, it's really fun to invite the house guest over when you just beat his ass. Yeah, exactly right. I Man. I, I, will, I will give credit to, to Goodell. I think he's handled it all. He's done it the right way. Phenomenal. Shaking the hands. And, and Brady's been phenomenal, too. Yes. I'm still amazed with the amount of people that I have come up to me that still ask me about the Brady thing, and I'm just like, really? You're still talking about us? You really think I care? And you still really... About what, the flight gate? Yeah, they're yeah. always like, you still think he did it, huh? Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of evidence that's come out that makes me think he didn't do it. Uh, do you have any questions there, by the way? We actually got a lot of questions. All right, so let week. me do one more topic, okay. and then we'll get to questions, and then we'll do Sims's college breakdown. We got some funny questions, All too. right, good. Um, so... Adam, G- I saw this tweet uh, yesterday. Ryan Wood tweeted it out. Adam Gase was asked about what it's like to coach Martellus Bennett, mm. and it made me come up with a question. The quote was, the challenges that Martellus always brought for me was that he's very intelligent and he asks a lot of questions. So he's not going to let you just get away with, hey, just run it this way. He's going to ask you why. And sometimes as a coach, you really want to move on to the next thing, but it's actually a good thing. 
because that allows the other guys to feel like they can ask the same questions. I appreciated that about him, the fact that he wanted to know why he had to do something or why he was doing it a certain way. And made me ask this question. Are people like Mark Tellis Bennett very rare that they ask questions? Or are guys like Adam Gase rare to which they actually enjoy their players asking questions? It let me understand why both of those guys are very successful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gase, I think, is the more rare one, probably. You think the coach that's okay with his players asking why is more rare than the player that asks why? I do. Interesting. Yeah, because I think the most th- – this is why Martellus Bennett's been on, what, five different teams. Sure. It's because – a lot of the coaches are intimidated by Martellus Bennett, freak athlete uh, who's free thinking and asks questions and challenges me on some of my thoughts sometimes mm. when I haven't actually thought of my thoughts. Yeah. So uh, I think that's semi the backlash of Martellus Bennett. And I know that was part of the reason in Chicago. I know. You know, I've been told there was people there that were just threatened by Martellus Bennett and his ways, but yet there was a lot of coaches like Gase and other ones that I talked to that were like, man, we loved Martellus Bennett. Because that quote to me paints Martellus as like one of the only free thinkers in the NFL. I've met enough guys to know that there's a lot of free thinkers in the NFL. It just made me realize, wow, I think Gase is the rare one here. Yeah. I think we're misreading what's incredible about this quote. Like Belichick would be another one. You could ask Belichick why, because he's going to have a reason. A lot of these guys are just going to go, well, that's because the way I've always taught it. And they're going to go, man, I've actually never thought about why I tell him to do this when I do that. Right. It's just because I learned it in 1984. And that's just the way you do it. That's just the way you do it. Right. Yeah. And, and again, you know, the coaches that are like that are usually the ones that are not that successful. Um, I, I think also um, it makes me more excited about Martellus Bennett in Green Bay. Oh, I know. I know. It, that's my favorite storyline of the year. I know. Is we have a mole. <laughs> that likes to talk and has a three-year, 20-something million dollar contract, and he's walking into the most bullshit waste of the best quarterback ever, and he's going to, like, the first week, he's going to be like, why are we running slant flat 18 times a game? <laughs> I know. It is going to be exciting. I mean, if he's, like, we're already getting this stuff. Yeah. It's so good. You ready for some questions? Of course I am. First question, AP, at Alex Pet, and that's Alex with two X's. Whoa. At Sims and Lefko, what are your thoughts on McAdoo's comments that Gino could be Eli's successor? My thoughts right off the bat are, first of all, what do you want him to say, right? <laughs> no, he's not. The, are you kidding me? Gino Smith is successor. He sucks. He can't be our successor. That's what, I mean, do people think that's what he's going to say? Uh, hey, listen, the Giants, McAdoo, they're respectable people. They're going to let you come in there. They're going to evaluate you. You work hard. You do better. You improve as a player. They're not going to rule anything out. That's just the way they are. I think that's the Giants organization as a whole, and I think that's kind of McAdoo I think as that well. goes under the category of what was he supposed to exactly say. Exactly right. Good answer. Yes. Max Mulcahy at Max J. Mulcahy. Uh, Max J. Mulcahy, were the Rams smart to give up so much for Garrett, uh, Jared Goff? Which QBs in this draft rank higher than Goff as a prospect? Great question. So I think I understand a team giving up that much for a quarterback. Yes. Eagles did it too. Right. I think the Eagles got the right guy. Yes. We said that from the beginning. Um, and to me, the issue that I have with Jared Goff goes back to what all the comments were pre-draft. Every fucking comment was Jared Goff is more pro ready than Carson Wentz because he had, he got blitzed a lot at Cal and he's more used to running on the run. And Carson Wentz played at North Dakota State. Right. And it just made everybody feel you're right. Cozy. And everybody and was like, Cal. oh, I get to see him against USC. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. And then they were and then midway through the year, they were like, you know what? He just he wasn't ready. And Carson Wentz was more ready. And it was like. No, y'all told us before the draft that this guy was the most ready. That's all I heard people on TV talk about was, you're going to L.A., you got to start off with a bang, you want a star quarterback, this guy can adjust. Also, don't forget, the Rams were expected to make the playoffs by a lot of people last year. And who was the one dude that told you from the fucking beginning that because they have to go to London and they're moving to L.A., that I thought they were going to have a crap season? You did say it. I said it from the beginning. And I'll tell you what, the dude, the the PR guy at at Hooters that told me he was going to give me like a lifetime supply of wings. We're if Tom Gurley, yeah. yeah, 
He did not answer my email. Give us some wings. Oh, he didn't like the Todd Gurley. He didn't have a good oh, year because no, he's no. a Georgia fan. I don't right? like people that make bets and don't pay up. <laughs> Sims, what do you think about Goff compared to this year's quarterback prospects? Uh, well, listen. Talked I mean, about this today. It's yeah, perfect time. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Goff, uh, listen, I, I expect him to have a hair more success than he did. Let me just say that so I don't sound like I'm too talking out of both sides of my mouth. But as Lefko or you guys know the test, I was never blown away with Goff's ability. Never blown away by it. I never looked at it and said, wow, he's a difference maker. He can make the difference making throw to win the game on third and seven or make a play with his legs. And I think as you get into it more and more, that's what the NFL needs, right? How many times? I mean, Carson Wentz, you could say what you want. Yeah, the Eagles weren't that great, but he had no weapons around him. But one thing you and I saw every yeah. week was him make like a handful of plays every game. where we Get went, under a sack, roll we to went, his right wow. for a 25-yard right. frozen rope. But DGB wasn't going to catch it. No. We went over it. Let me just focus yeah. the question. If you were to combine last year's draft class and this year's draft class, you would take Carson Wentz over everybody. Yes, I would. And then you would go Trubisky and Deshaun Watson before Goff. I would. And then Goff would be ahead of uh, Paxton Lynch and Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I mean... That seems to yeah, be your ranking. I think so. I think, yeah, the, the Goff thing, you know, I'm tainted by what I saw this year a little bit, too. I can imagine. But the, the Goff thing... The only reason I liked him more than Paxton Lynch last year was just because I thought he was a hair more polished than Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch certainly had more ability and a much bigger upside, and we talked about that. We thought he could be like – he had the, the chance of being a legit superstar. Highest ceiling, type. lowest floor. Right. He really did. Um, but uh, in this draft, yeah, I, I think that Watson, Trubisky are more talented than Jared Goff. They have more – they're – uh, more talented athletes and men in general to make plays with their legs. And Trubisky for sure has a quicker release, a stronger arm than Jared Goff. Watson, it's probably right along the same lines as a Goff as far as arm strength, but he certainly has much better pocket presence and athletic ability to run. And, yeah, like Patrick Mahomes is this year's Paxton Lynch, right? Yes. He's the guy I look at and just go, man, he could be like Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, like you saw Gruden say in the quarterback thing. Like He could be that type of guy, Ben Roethlisberger, like in three or four years, where you just go, it doesn't even matter what offense he's in. He can just move around and make such unbelievable throws. He can make it happen. He could be that guy. He could be. We have off-the-field questions. Yes. And then Texas also play Tech Texas questions. Tech, right. all that stuff. Right. Thaddeus Snow at Thad Snow E.S., Big Steelers fan here. What do you think the chances are of the Steelers snagging a quarterback in the early rounds? Who do they like? You were saying Patrick Mahomes would be the perfect fit for the Steelers. That is the uh, that is the guy I said on Facebook Live today. I really thought. I really think when I look at Patrick Mahomes, I go, man, the teams that make sense to him right away are Pittsburgh-ish type teams. Pittsburgh, Arizona, Arizona. Right, they're teams that. Yeah, if Pittsburgh felt like, man, maybe this actually is Big Ben's last year. Which I would start preparing for. I it. would certainly. And it sounds like they actually are. Like, I, like I of all the quarterbacks from that draft, Rivers, Eli, Ben, I think Ben's the closest to being done. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's Eli, and I think Rivers will last the longest. Hmm. Um, I yeah, think you're right. the, the reason I feel that way about Ben, I'm just sensing a real lack of effort. Like a lack of care. And like the, 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 the fake retiring shit now for the last few years, like why, why do you talk about that? Fake retiring calls a lot of people out over the last year and a half. I mean, he's yeah. called his coach out. He's called players on the team. A lot out. of injuries, missing like long stretches at a time. No doubt. I mean, listen, the way he played football too, he'd be the guy I expect to be done first. I mean, think about what I he did. I upset Caddy because I was like, dude, Ben's not that I good. Mean, yeah, I mean, Ben, listen, he right won that now. first Super Bowl. Right, with not being anything special, they run game defense. But really, since that Super Bowl they won against the Seattle Seahawks, his career has been like if I could do it in visual sound effects, would be like, "Raw, get out of my way! Raw, get out of my way!" Forty yard pass over the middle to Antonio Brown. Raw, get out of my way! Oh, I got a guy on my shoulder. No big deal. Forty yard bomb to Martavis Bryant down the field. I mean, that's his style of play, and, yeah. and it's I think probably taking its physical toll. I on think him. so too. Yeah. I think so too. Three more questions to get through. Peter Edwards at Peter E nineteen ninety five. Peter, Peter is the man. Chris Long to the Eagles, veteran who adds depth and won't cost too much. Do you see it as a good move? I do. I, th I do see it as a good move. Cheap Connor Barwin replacement. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, I actually knew this was coming because um, – You did. When I saw this, I went, Sims told me this two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I knew this was coming. I knew he was, he was looking at it. And it's the perfect fit for Chris Long. Chris Long wants to be that wide nine pass rusher. That's what Jim Schwartz wants to do in Philadelphia. I was with him in the Tennessee Titans. He could be that Kyle Vandenbosch-ish type of guy, right? Just get out there. 
get after the quarterback, try to read the play in, as in the process of getting after the quarterback and redirect and just hustle and play hard. And Chris Long will they be able to do that. They also saw – was it Patrick – um, Robinson, the corner? Oh, the corner, yeah. Patrick Robinson, the kid that was drafted out of Florida State in the first round a few years back. He was back. on the Colts. He was on the Colts. He so was on the Saints one before year that. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's worth taking a chance Take a for. Sure, right. Turn Savage at Turnip for what? Turnip for what? Sims, summarize your diet quickly. Thanks. Okay. That was the tweet. Uh, Ezekiel bread, organ, vegan, uh, protein shakes. All right, stop. So morning, you, rice go, and beans. you, go, you go slice of bread. I go three pieces of toast and jelly. Three pieces of toast of jelly, orgain protein shake. Vegan orgain Illy protein shake. Illy coffee. Shaker. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Espresso. Yeah, I do. How many? Well, I do usually four shots of espresso and then pour coffee espresso. on top of it. Yeah, espresso. espresso. And then you come in, then you get Chipotle for lunch. Chipotle for lunch. And what lunch. do you order? Three scoops of brown rice, a scoop of black beans, and grilled vegetables. So I went with him a few days ago, and I ordered first so that I didn't have to hear the whole thing. <laughs> And uh, the w- the woman would not give him more rice. They, it's like the, I swear they're so growing Sims, their p- patties in their backyard at home. So I Sims, guess. so Sims fin- keeps walking down the line, and every like I don't know, eighteen seconds goes. Gosh, holding on to the rice like I owe you money. Oh man, <laughs> what, what are you growing this rice? Jeez, you, you think you think they pay for the rice here? They pay for the rice. <laughs> so did you get more rice? No, no. So then you go home, and then do you eat a snack? Uh no, I usually don't. I usually have actually. I, I'm I'm. I usually probably eat dinner either with my kids or a little bit after they go to bed. I I could be like a nine o'clock dinner. Wait, so you eat at like three and then don't eat again until like nine? Yeah, usually. And then what do you eat? What do you like? What's a typical dinner? I would say more times than not, I have chicken, chicken vegetable brown rice soup, um, with probably a bowl of potato chips. You know what's incredible is that and your, then another organ protein shake. your wife loves to cook. She does. But you're probably getting the same thing every day. Not not all the time, but yeah, she's certainly like three to four days a week. All she's got to do is reheat the uh, <laughs> soup up. So what she'll do a lot of times is build, like, she'll make a huge a container vat. of soup. No, she'll put a huge container and like I might eat it for like three nights in a row and then she'll put it in the freezer for like maybe a few days and then next week bring it out again Man. and I'll go after it Sims again. does not care about mouth pleasure. Definitely not. Sims no. is about no. games. Last question we Definitely got, not. Bert at the fake Albert. If all NFL players got into one massive fight to the death, Ooh. who are the last three? Who are the last three remaining? Who wins? And then in all caps, no weapons. Who? Okay, I like this guy. I who's love this. Players? Who's this guy's name? What's his name? The fake Albert. What's up, the fake Albert? That's a good question. So who's the final three? Who wins? No weapons. All right. So is the first thought that it's pretty much going to be either defensive lineman or offensive lineman? I mean, for the most part, there's probably. Yeah, yeah. I like really, Honey Badger might like surprise some people, break a few necks. Like Dante Hightower could be a guy that could be like two seventy middle linebacker who I could say like he Very could duel versatile. it out with three hundred pound like. Linemen. All right, so I'm just looking at the teams. Uh, I'm going to say definitely in my final three, Indomitian Sue. No doubt about Indomitian it. Indomitian Sue is in my final three. No doubt about it. You're exactly right. I feel very confident about that. Woo. Man. I'm just giving a quick look to the teams here. See, I don't. I think teams. I think JJ Watt would be one of those guys where he'd walk in, they'd be like Jay, Jay, and then someone would come up and like rip his head off, and they'd be like, No. So again, this is not a Game of Thrones fight. This is a street fight. I, I, someone could out. still rip his head off. Uh, <laughs> just straight rip it off. No, you, you could cut out the dead time here, right? Yeah, so I, I can just cut it out. He never cuts it out. He, he never, never does. does. No, the conversations are always <laughs> funny. Okay, all right. Screw the dead time then. All uh, right, just real like, quick. I'm just thinking like the Fletcher Coxes, the That's Marcel I mean. Darius. That's the problem. I mean, Muhammad Wilkerson. You start to go through the yeah, list. Yeah, on just, to it. Yeah, you know. Ooh. Oh, are okay. there are there any little guys that you? I think bet you Aaron Donald would do really well. Is he angry enough though? Yeah, that's yeah. the question. Isn't, isn't Aaron Donald kind of a nice guy? Like Michael Bennett would be like, "Why are we fighting?" It's like, ah, oh, good point. Could Pac-Man <laughs> hang in there? Could no. he be our little guy? Pac-Man would land punches, but as soon as, as soon as like one of these guys got a hold of him, it's over. Okay. All I right. Mean, so what about Jonathan Hankins? Like, yeah, I mean, they're in the list. All right. So we're definitely putting in Dominican Sue. We are. D- How about this? Sue I'm picking in. Sue. Who is your pick? Sue is in for me too. I'm okay. No, what I'm saying, oh, just pick overall. one. Okay. Okay. One, one more second. Just I can. Wanna... I can clean this up. Don't yeah. Worry. Who's yours? I, you get I, one. I, just I pick one. Uh, okay. You say I don't know players. <laughs> Marcel Darius. All right, good. I don't know players. Uh, and you think I know anything about this football I bet league? you Suggs would be baller. Oh, Suggs would be in his prime. He would have been a 
beast to deal with. Um, oh, okay. I am going Indomitian Sue, Jadevian Clowney. You Clown- got to put Clowney Clowney is, I thought about him. Because he's, he's going to have a swift punch in the face. He's going to have a great reach on the jab, that's for sure. I mean, gosh, there's so many guys. All Calais right. Campbell, you think about. I'm going with, this is my official, I'm going with Indomitian Sue, Jadevian Clowney, and I'm going with a second-year player, former rookie, Joey Bosa. His hand usage, remember, this is hand-to-hand comment. Who has better hands than Bosa? I'm going to ask another fake Albert question. I'm going with Sue to win it Okay, all. I'm going Sue for sure is in my final three. I'm probably going to go uh, the other final three. I'm going to go with is Justin Houston. Ooh. Justin Houston is definitely going to be in my final three. And then I think I'm going... Fletcher Cox. And then who's your ultimate winner? Man. I agree. Adama he's the perfect Zou mix of, like, I want to kill you. Wrestling, kill you, punch you, His whatever His name, Adamakin, uh, stands for House of Spears. Honestly, I think those are the only two people that could, like, I, I, I would want to put, like, Fletcher Khalil Cox Mack, and Justin Houston, Clowney. Like, they would be in that mix. That would be a good battle. My question would, would be, be if you put all 32 quarterbacks oh, man. in a fight. Oh, we know the answer to this. Who's winning? Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I almost put him <laughs> in the final three. I was like, should I throw Cam in this one? <laughs> he is. Cam's winning that one. Man. Sorry. Who is the first quarterback to die? <laughs> Eli? <laughs> Sam Bradford. Bradford's going to have issues for sure. Like Breeze, you think smaller. Cody Kessler? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> He's a scrapper, Breeze. Uh, yeah, no, Breeze would make it to the final three. He'd be, he'd Breeze, some way Breeze to, like, would make it to the it final out. three in Survivor and Killing. Like, he's that crafty. <laughs> the quarterbacks, though. Yeah, the quarterbacks. People would have high hopes for Alex Smith, but he would fall short like his throws. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Should right. we talk about Mar- uh, the draft? Yes. I was going to say March Madness, but. Um, oh, that was actually a really fun question. That was a fun question. I'm um, still sitting here thinking Oh, about I it. didn't say this. Uh, a lot of people are getting annoyed by Kaepernick. I only said this on Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, Trevon Boykin uh, got arrested for uh, being intoxicated. Richard Sherman said that Colin Kaepernick was better than 20 quarterbacks in the NFL. Pete Carroll says they're not against signing Colin Kaepernick. If Colin Kaepernick doesn't go to the Seattle Seahawks, something is wrong. They have the right amount of voices in that locker room. Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin, uh, They can, and Pete Carroll is a player coach it's in the west coast which is more progressive it's in the most booming city in america in seattle you, they, they they understand more than anybody the capabilities of colin kaepernick and it's a similar offense for a mobile quarterback and your backup just got arrested yeah that's all i'm gonna say i am i i think every point you've made there is absolutely spot on and that's and all i have to say we yeah. don't we're not gonna talk about it yeah fine um all right so safeties yeah very exciting position to talk about in this draft because there are some really special guys. Um, I went through and I looked at uh, Adams and Hooker in Sims's notebook. I have Buda Baker in front of me, and then Josh Jones was the other Josh one. Josh Jones and Marcus Williams from Utah. Those are the five I. But the two guys that are being talked about in the top ten: yeah. Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker. Yes. We went back earlier and actually looked at guys that have been taken in the top ten. Yeah. And not a not a great list. No. Dante Whitner's, uh, of course, we, we know what Sean Taylor was on the cusp of becoming. Yep. Uh, pretty fucking incredible. Uh, Dante Whitner, um, Michael was Huff. much better than people realize, Dante Whitner. He'll never get the credit for how good he was. Never. In the well, what he was doing in San Francisco, right. he was a huge part of those he Super really Bowl was. runs. He really was, exactly right. Um, but these two guys, first and foremost, top ten guys? Yes. I mean, Jamal Adams for sure. Hooker, to me, is like, you know, Top 12, 15, So you, Jamal Adams is your favorite. Jamal Adams is now, my favorite. Now, for people that don't know, Jamal Adams is LSU. Malik Hooker is Ohio State. Jamal Adams is more of a strong safety. We're just going to use the Seahawks. Yeah. He's more of a Cam Chancellor. Sure. Malik Hooker is more of an Earl Thomas. Yes, sure. I think it's the easiest way to describe because they, to me, are the best complements of safeties. Right. Here is what Chris Sims wrote about Jamal Adams' safety of LSU. Um. He is incredible at diagnosing plays and reacting. In the box, he is the first to react, double underline, <laughs> to play almost every time. I mean, is it, we're talking like Zach Thomas, like I mean, diagnosing. It's, yeah, it's really impressive. It's like middle linebacker-esque. Yes, he is phenomenal. And his run fits, first of all, they're perfect always. He's a perfect tackler. Square you up. 
bring the hammer and wraps up every time. But yes, like when you watch the play, and it's like maybe the you know the old pulling guard counter pull, right? Yeah. Where the back like jabs one way and then comes back the other. Man, he's at the hole where the running back's trying to go. To that point, back. you wrote, quote, I mean, damn, this kid could be a top-tier cornerback in the draft. His run fits are always perfect. Yeah. Triple underline, two stars. Whoa. Yeah. Well, the corner- You said that his change of direction skills are that of a top cornerback. Yes, they But are. doesn't have, like, the straight speed. Exactly right. His long speed is what would be keeping him out of that conversation. But, but if you're going to be an inside-the-box safety, it's all about the change of direction. No doubt. And then also you just see, like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a third and five, and we need you to cover Kelvin Benjamin on this snap who's in the slot on this play for yeah. whatever reason. He's going to be all over it. His hips and ability to change direction or turn and run, uh, I, I was blown away by with mm. his ability to do that. You, you've talked before about, like, watching Jabril Peppers having um, Curtis Samuel run by him. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Jamal Adams, you wrote, quote, runs down Lamar Jackson with ease. With ease. That was, I mean, the Louisville, the bowl game, there was a few snaps of Lamar Jackson, you know, design quarterback run. He's going to run to the left and has a bunch of blockers to kind of turn it up. He's going to try to turn up the sideline. And where they play him so much of the time, Jamal Adams, he just comes down in the box and he just sat there. He read the play. Oh, he saw the quarterback take off. And there was just there was no way Jackson was ever going to get to the edge with this kid in pursuit. Maybe the freakiest player in college football. I mean, he's he certainly, was the fucking Heisman. He certainly. I'm cursing. Yeah, him. yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah, certainly right. But it just shows you this kid is. And, and when I say like just runs him down, like runs him down, tackles him, and doesn't even break down. Like it's mm. like nothing. Like that's what I mean. Where I, I hate to go even go back to this because we talked about it enough. But like the Jabril Peppers thing, I could show you clips in the Ohio State game. With a runner like JT Barrett, who's not even in the same class as and Lamar, and he's turning Jeff. the corner on Jabril, or he's just making a miss one on one, and then Jabril's behind him, still chasing yeah. him, and can't even catch him. The difference between a safety and a top ten safety is perfect tackling, great awareness, yes. super decisive, right. freak athlete, and usually means they could do both. The best things about Sims are at the end, and he usually writes. Bottom line, and then he gives you like his overview, and he wrote Sims bottom, is a bottom line, line guy. Because bottom, bottom line, guy. this kid is a baller. Not every day safety is also a top ten corner. He is a better all around player than Keanu Neal. Yes, not a lot of guys asked to stop the run on second and four, and then cover a wide receiver man to man on third and ten. Yes, which to me. We talk about maybe the Bears at three. We talk about maybe the Niners at two. I don't. That might Niners. Be, Niners have enough. Safeties. They have their safeties. Right. But the Bears at three. Bears at three. That's the NFL, though. The NFL is a guy that can that can stop the run and also guard a tight end, a running back, a wide receiver. Right. It's like the hybrid linebacker. Here, you think this kid's guy. really special? I think this kid's really special. I think this kid is a better version of Landon Collins. I was thinking about this on the wow. way in here. A better version of Landon Collins coming out. Now, Landon Collins is really good, especially the year before his junior year when he didn't have his ankle problem. But, man, yeah, you look at it. I mean, you're right. The Bears at three. The Titans at five. Oh, they need it. They need a safety. You go to the, the Chargers. They just got uh, Gus Bradley as their D coordinator. Yeah. They're looking for Cam Chancellor. What this, pick are they? They're number seven. Okay. So that makes sense. The Carolina Panthers make yeah. sense. You look at the safety needs in the top ten, and you go, wow, there's a number of teams here that legitimately need the position. You said that Miles Garrett was far and away the best. Yes. Is Jamal Adams where? What hemisphere is he in? in he terms is of the top of the draft. Yeah, I think that he is in that conversation. Miles Garrett is one, and then that next tier guys that you th- that I think are the best guys I've watched in the draft: Fournette, uh, Solomon Thomas, um, uh, Jamal Adams, Hassan Reddick. Yes, those guys to me right now are like, yeah, just a little bit as a football player and athletically. Mm. combination are on a little bit of a higher level than everybody else. Next one is Malik Hooker, free state from Ohio State. Uh, Your first comment was Hooker has better looking legs than Jamal Adams. Yes. So there we go back to the legs thing. We have a tr- we have ourselves a triple star here, Fendrick. Ooh, I triple love triple star. star. I don't even know triple gold star. His the funniest thing is I said Sims. You know what I like about looking at your notebook is I like to notice the triple stars and underlines. And he and before he gave me his book, he goes, "I don't think I've been doing it as much. You do it just as oh, much. <laughs> Come on, Mister. I eat Chipotle for the last eighteen months and I eat chicken soup every That's night. Scary. I don't even realize it. Triple star. His top end speed is 
double underline unreal. Yeah. He is the epitome of a safety. Hard to get a big play because you can't get by him. Yes, he is. Um, when the, the times I saw in pursuit or guys running a sweep around the edge, and first of all, Ohio State has tremendous team speed. I mean, we're talking about their two corners going to be in the top 20 as well. He runs by all. I mean, when he turns it on, he can really go. I mean, his straight line speed is like, you know, I'm trying to think of guys like recent. Like, remember the TJ Green kid out yes. of Clemson last yes. year, free safety? It's speed like that, except this kid's just a better player all around. Uh, this guy's not quite the tackler or as polished as Jamal Adams. Yeah, you wrote that. You said um, definitely misses more tackles than Adams, just kind of throws his body around, doesn't break down with form, and is kind of reckless at right, times. Right, a little bit. And then he's raw. He's a one-year guy. So, again, he's, he's learning the position to a degree. So, But you did say yes. he moves and plays like Ed Reed. Man. And then you wrote he's pigeon-toed. What? Ed Reed was pigeon toed. So pigeon toed. Go like I would love you to like Google Ed Reed highlights right now. But like literally when I was well, explain watching, explain what pigeon toed is. Like pre snap, I wish I could. Everybody could see me on video. But like my, I have nightmares of like when I played, like. So both of your toes are are facing. Wait, I mean, Ed Reed would be like walking around the back end like this, like when I was playing, like almost stepping on his own. Yeah, feet. he'd be like, you'd be like, man, and he'd just be lurking. And this is what this kid does. He kind of just lurks. And and then all of a sudden he goes, but yes, he's extremely pigeon toed. What, what do you do? You think like there's Michael a, Jordan, like Aaron Rodgers, like John Elway? Those guys are all pigeon toed. All of them, every single one. Are you telling me you believe there's a correlation between pigeon toe and like superior athlete? No doubt about it. A little bit, yes. How? And, why? And scientifically, it's been proven that people that are pigeon toed when they run, your feet go straight out, and they always go straight. Whereas someone that's just standing there straight out, when they run, they go out more. So because it's like auto right. I don't know what auto, whatever you're going to say. but corrected Whatever, whatever. Right. So if you're straight, just walking around, usually when they run, people's they go always duck-footed. So, All right, so we need – who else is pigeon-toed in this draft? Uh, <laughs> like Joey Bosa was pigeon-toed. Remember him? I mean, he No, was I don't guy. remember him being oh, pigeon-toed. You don't remember? Dude, we would watch film and you'd go, man, I love the kicks on Patrick Peterson. And I'm like, how can you even see his shoes right now? Like, I don't know how you notice that shit. <laughs> So he's very pigeon-toed? He's very pigeon-toed. All right, I like him. He's pigeon-toed. He's not as good as, like, changing direction. He's not as good in coverage as, like, the Jamal Adams kid. Like, the Jamal Adams kids, I had real good faith. that. So your bottom line was he's not as good as Adams, but he has greater value as a free safety because Adams is better in man-to-man. Uh, you wrote Hooker is the type of player that can lead the NFL in interceptions in a few years. Yes, I do. I believe that. I think he'll he be could, the ball hawk. He could just be that center field ball hawk. Oh, okay, it's third and eight. He'll also be able to cover the Rob Gronkowski's of the world and do that as well. But his range, sideline to sideline, like you saw in the Clemson game, right? When Deshaun Watson rolls out to the right, throws the go route down the right sideline, he came out of nowhere. It's a white boy supreme, and he comes out of nowhere and makes a one hand interception. I mean, that range right there is like there's not. I don't know if there's a safety in football that could have got over there. That was that was. That's the thing impressive. we've been doing today is referring to all white receivers as white boy supreme. It kind of sounds like a new order on the Burger King dollar menu. <laughs> Can I get a, one of those white boy supreme with a style onion rings and zesty sauce? Um, all right. So overall, you think Hooker is another really, really good player. Really good player. Special. Certainly would not be mad if he got drafted in the, by those teams we said in the top ten. I think he's same teams. I think he is very worthy of that. I you know teams like the Redskins at seventeen, the Baltimore Ravens at sixteen, who yeah. also need safety help. Well, if he's kinda, there for that. they signed. They have Weddle and uh, the guy they just got from Tony oh, Jefferson. They did. So you're right. They're yeah. out of the mix. Good job. Thanks. Uh, next one up is Buda Baker. And I really didn't get to talk to you about him, but you were just gushing over him. Uh, Star, very fluid and smooth. He can really run. Another star. This kid is not like Hooker and Adams, who are true safety. This kid is like a McCourty or a Tyron Matthew, a honey badger type of player. He's a corner safety nickel. Yes, he is a just a... He's what you would call a football player. I mean, that's really that's how I oh, I picture like if I was talking to my coach friends, he'd be like, "Man, he's just a football player." Like it did, whatever the week is. Oh, we need a free safety this week. You're going to be awesome free safety. Oh, they moved him all over the place. They could do whatever he does if they were. In so base, he's Bizarro Jabril, where instead of hiding him somewhere every week, they were like featuring him in a different spot every no week. No doubt, right? Like they played. Uh, I'm trying to think of the games I watched, um, but like the USC game. 
with that kid running around a little bit. They blitz them a lot. He plays phenomenal man-to-man coverage. Mm. He spies people. Uh, but what I'm just amazed by, first of all, he runs a lot faster than his 4-4-5 speed on the field. I would have guessed he's like a high 4-3 type of guy, mm. the way he runs. His change of direction is phenomenal, which was backed up by his 6-7-6-3 cone yes. and his, his 4.08-5-10-5. Um, but I just looked at him and said, man, this is Honey Badger. This is Rondé Barber. You said it's a better version of Carl Joseph from last year minus the big hits. Yes, he just, yes. Like, Carl Joseph was that guy that was corner slash safety at West Virginia and had a few high, highlight reel tackles. This guy's film is better than Carl Joseph's. Um, you wrote his stop-start acceleration change of direction is top end of any of the first-round quarterbacks. He played nickel the whole game against USC and was really good. He was really good. I mean, he's he is... For a guy that's 195 pounds, the way he throws his body around and makes tackles in the open field, uh, I was blown away by it. And again, I mean, to me, is again, another guy. He's, he's top 20 pick for my, for, in my eyes. He really is. The Sims' bottom line, he's a legit football player. You wrote, he's kind of a can't-miss prospect. He's going to start somewhere, no matter where. Yes. And you said he's better than Joseph and Demarius Randall, plays fast. And I think you've said on the Honey Badger. It's funny because I think Honey Badger is such a unique talent, but you think this guy is very similar to that. I do. Uh, it just I think that this guy could be top notch at any. But if you wanted to play him outside a corner, he'd be in the conversation right now what, for one of the best corners. What makes Hooker better than him? Do you have Hooker over Buda Baker? Because I'm going to be honest, just by reading it, right? It and reads you tell better. It, doesn't Buda Baker read yes. better than Malik Hooker yeah. in your book? Uh, it, he does read better. You're for is he sure. a better tackler? He, he is. You get to see more evidence of it. You know, Hooker, so, too much of the time, is because of his great range, they were just like, man, stay back there and make life miserable on these quarterbacks if right. they want to throw it deep and make it really interesting. And to have a true center fielder like that's pretty... is special, right. So I think Hooker's probably got a higher end, a higher ceiling in the all, when it's all said and done. Like, oh. Hooker mm. could be that guy that, like, three years from now, we're like, he had nine interceptions and he returned four of them for touchdowns. Like... That's the kind of guy I think he could be. And what kind of guy is Buddha? Buddha is a guy that you're just like every week you turn on the film and you just go, man, he's just. Who's that flying around? Yeah, right. He's just an unbelievable player. They needed him at free safety this week. He was great at center field. Yeah, they needed him to be in the box a little bit more. Man, he made a lot of great tackles. They needed him to cover, you know, yeah. Jarvis Landry in the slot all game long. He was all over him like glue. Um Josh Jones yeah. and then uh, Marcus Williams, are they in these guys' leagues? J- Josh Jones is in their league physically. All right, then let's talk about yeah. him. He is a uh, 6'1", safety out of NC State. Another impressive uh, guy for safety you wrote down. Looks like Adams and Hooker, um, except this kid is looks a hair better. So you physically he's more impressive than those Man, guys. Man, th- and just in his uniform, and when I usually make those comments, that's what I mean. Just look the way he looks, but he is really well put together. I mean, he's 6'1", 220. He's the biggest one out of the, out of the group. And he ran the fastest 40 out of the group. Wow. And he had a 37.5-inch vertical. He's extremely explosive. It says he, you underlined he can go up and play the ball. Yes, he had phenomenal ball skills. All right, so let's ask that. Yeah. Hooker, Buda, Baker, Adams, and Jones. Who has the best balls in the air they're getting it? Oh, the best ball in the air they're getting it. Probably I would go with Hooker. Hooker seems to be the best ball hawk right. in a 50-50 situation. So it's not just range. Yeah. It's just jumping up, Hooker or Jones. Oof. Honestly, I'd probably, I saw more film of Jones doing it at a mm. higher level. Jones, the one thing I'll say, not that he always knocked the ball down or caught it, but in his covered situations, he was always all over the guy, and he made a play on the ball. He might have not hit it always, yeah. but he was all over it. Uh, doesn't try to tackle. He actually tries to kill you. Yes. Reminds me of Dayon Buchanan, except this kid is a better athlete. Yes, he is. He's a he is a better athlete, but probably not as good a player as Dayon Buchanan. Well, you also he's one of the most impressive specimen that you've seen on film thus far. He is. So he's, he's in the sim specimens. He's a specimen for sure. Yes, this guy wow. I think is a guy that probably won't go in the first round just because the film is a. There's just not a ton of plays to be made there. He plays center field. He's a little raw in coverage and tackling, like I said there at times. So there's going to be that. But I do think this guy is hands down going to be starting on an NFL team next year. I think this kid, bottom line, double star. I think this kid is a first-round talent, probably 25 to 40, not nearly as reckless as I first thought. Yeah.
at the, when it came down to it at the end of the day, he was a little bit better than everything I had read about him going into it yeah. and heard about him was that he misses too many tackles. I mean, I watched the North Carolina game. Uh, I watched the Clemson game. Man, that was the, oh, and I watched the, the, the Boston College game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, not only a hit. He's like almost a mix between Hooker and Jamal Adams. Mm. Maybe not as good as either one, but kind of a mix of guy where he, he had great range in center field. Like the Boston College running back broke a long run down the right sideline. What? He went out running this fool. So you have four first-round graded safeties. Yeah, I think. And I I'll think say this. Compared to this the last few years, um, I look back at Calvin Pryor, HaHa Clinton Dix. I think we exaggerated both. of. Them. I think people got a little bit too excited. I think right. last year Keanu Neal showed he was really the only first-round worthy safety. Yeah. Uh, it's been a little empty at safety. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about all the time to cover tight ends, running backs, wide receiver. It's becoming one of the most important positions yes. in football. Uh, that's the reason why they paid McCourty and not Revis right. in New England. Right, right. Think about it. They didn't even think about paying anybody else. They no. signed McCourty right no, away. McCourty's special. Listen, I would make the argument in a lot of cases that I'm not so sure I wouldn't have rather have two really top end safeties over it's two the reason top I think corners. the Eagles are going to surprise people next year. You have Malcolm Jenkins and you got McLeod. I think it's a really good safety it tandem. Is. It is very good. Um, so Adams, Hooker, Baker, and uh, Jones. If we slid Keanu Neal into this class, uh, where would he slide in? Who's your number one? Adams would be my number one. Wow, so he's that. Above Keanu Neal. Yeah. Wow. Adams is special. Adams is a justifiable, yeah, top five pick. Like somebody takes him in the top five and I go, what? You don't take a safety in the I top five? I know there's five. a legacy to Sean Taylor, but is he like. He's, I, honestly, impact. he might not have his, the big plays, like highlight reel plays Sean Taylor had, but I think down to down, this kid's film was probably more impressive. I don't remember Sean Taylor just coming out of college. I played against him in the pros, yeah. and he was scary. Oh uh, yeah. But So uh, you'd go Jamal Adams one, yep. Keanu Neal two? Probably, yes. And then are you going Hooker, Hooker Buddha, or Jones? I'd probably go Hooker three, Buddha four, then Jones. Like Hooker has a has a higher end ceiling than I do think of Keanu Neal, as much as you know I like my Keanu Neal. Yeah. But Hooker is like the kind of guy I watch him and go, Man, this guy could be like all pro six or seven years in a row, like wow. truly that ball hawking Ed Reed type of guy. Look at the teams yeah. and tell me where the perfect fit would be. Jamal Adams. Man, Jamal Adams, when I really look at it, the, the Bears makes a ton of sense. The Bears of the Chargers makes a ton of sense. Okay. Uh, Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. I think if I was going to go there, man. We, it, that would be like fun and realistic. Yeah. I, you know, like. Like, I think Jamal Adams fits more the Carolina style than it, Hooker does. He probably does. Yes, right. I mean, I look at, like, Malik Hooker when I think of the Tennessee Titans at five. I think, man, that could be Palomalu because you could be like, oh, hey, get down by the box, and then we want you to play cover two safety 40 and yards he away, and he has back. enough speed to be able to do that. Um, and then Buda Baker. Buda Baker. Um, He's fun. Uh, he really is. Again, he could be a guy that could go, you know, Carolina Panthers – New Orleans Saints, uh, no, oh, they're not going to do it either, though. I don't think so. Carolina Panthers certainly could use a guy like him. I think of, like, the Baltimore Ravens. No, not them. The Washington Redskins at 17. Yeah. They need secondary help. This guy's a can't-miss prospect. The Tennessee Titans, again, at 18 could make sense and for And what about well. a Josh Jones? And then a Josh Jones would be, like, a borderline, like, I could see a Dallas semi falling in love with a Josh Boy, Jones type of guy. Need him. Right? They lost their whole secondary. I mean, he could he could be that kind of guy where he's the last question I have is this. But I think he'll fall in the second round, Josh Jones. Three to four of these guys, you said they'd be a they're a top ten corner in this draft. So if you need a corner and we're playing positionless football, and let's say the Eagles have two really good safeties. Yeah. Is it responsible to think of it to go to a Jim Schwartz and go, listen, I mean if Buda Baker falls to us, can you come up with a three safety defense? Is that possible for coaches? Without a doubt, it's possible. I mean, you know, what, what, it's very in vogue in the NFL, anyways, right now. So, uh, yeah, they can. So, like, if vogue. you need a corner, but you're like, you know, the only option really that would be worth it here would be Sidney Jones, but he's hurt. Right. But we can get a Buda Baker here, and we can come up with a new defense that, like, is that. 
I'm just I've watched a lot of stuff. Um, I watched this show, Chef's Table. Yeah. And the first episode of the second season, it starts off with this guy. It's one of the top uh, restaurants in the world, and it's at Chicago. It's called Alinea. And he said, "Why do I got to use plates?" He goes, why, "Why can't I just make my food on the table?" And he he was just trying to think of like, how can I look at my industry and take away all of the things I'm supposed to do and just come up with a new strategy? And that's how I feel like Belichick thinks about football. You know what I mean? Like he just kind of looks at the pieces and goes, "Let me craft something." Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, and it's like we always want to go. This guy fits here, but if you could have three dynamic safeties on your team. Why don't you have, like, a new defense? Like, first of all, the first six, seven weeks of the year, people are not going to know what to do. And then by the time they catch up to you, you can reinvent yourself. Well, and you think about, like, when I think about one of the best playmaking defenses in all of football, they have three safeties, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. They Mm. had Ron Parker, Eric Berry, and Hussein Abdullah, and even Sorensen at times. So there's certainly a place for it. Again, as we're looking looking for these linebackers that can cover tight ends and running backs out of the back, the same goes for the safeties. They have to be versatile in those ways as well. Baker is also a guy that, yeah, I think you could put Buda Baker on the outside and say, be our corner. We got to be corner this year. We got McLeod and Jenkins at safety. We need you a corner. He's well, certainly I mean, going to be the, capable Think about the that. amount of times they would put Malcolm Jenkins in the slot to cover a receiver. You can make it just – and it's great against the hurry-up. Great disguise. I just – I look at it sometimes, and uh, I'll never forget when the Eagles drafted Jeremy Macklin and John Gruden went up there, and there was another big receiver that they could have gotten. They said, I don't get it. He goes, I don't get it. They already have Deshaun Jackson. Why do you want another Deshaun Jackson? And I remember sitting there, and I was in Nebraska, and I went, you're telling me that we have two Deshaun Jacksons? That's incredible. Yeah. And and we, we look at it sometimes, and I understand that you're trying to fill out a roster. And I've heard people Ma- did that with Tampa with the Vincent Jackson. They were, we already got Vincent Jackson. They don't need Mike Evans. And then I we mean, said, wait, that was brilliant. That sounds incredible. Right. Uh, I've heard Lombardi talk about it before. Like, you want your wide receivers to be like a basketball team. You want the point guard and the power forward and all that stuff. But... You know, sometimes when you get those dynamic six, seven guys that can guard, when you have the fucking Warriors with Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, when you have four guys that are six, seven and can guard point guards and power forwards, look how amazing that was in the playoffs. Yes. So I look at that and I go, as you look at all these mock drafts uh, from a lot of people that we think are slipping on their profession right now, <laughs> and they're going, well, they need a corner, they take him. Why not take a dynamic player at that position and craft a new defense. I get it. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Well, first of all, I mean, uh, I, I think people get a little too picky with their scouting as is anyways. Sometimes they're, they get nitpicky where I'm going to go like, you know, wait, no, Leonard Fournette, 6'1", 240, fast, breaks tackles. That's all there is. End of the discussion. <laughs> Don't, stop trying to look at other stuff. There's not many people that come under the league that have those measurables. Yeah. Period. Just don't like, don't like genuflect. Like, well, you know, there was a thir- genuflect. There's a third really and one. There was a third and one in week seven where you know he could have spun to get the first down and he didn't do it. Man, now I question his heart. Remember Derrick Henry? He wasn't supposed to be good. <sighs> I know. I can't wait to see him unleashed this year. He's unleashed be awesome. the Kraken. Um, but I'll be interested. I'm going to get in these corners this week. Do you have a prediction for Survivor tonight? And we'll, everyone will know by the time they listen to it whether or not you're accurate. Do I have a prediction for Survivor tonight? We're not that deep into it, are we, to know predictions? Uh, no, I'll make a prediction. I'll, I'll say that I think Sandra is going to get voted off uh, in the next three episodes. I think Sandra's going to get the boot pre-merge. I'll pre-merge. Say pre-merge. Pre-merge boot for Sandra. See you, Sandra. You're Addy. Sims, do you know what the merge is? Pre-merge? Yeah. Uh, something where they merge <laughs> the teams together. Nailed it. Very good. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this podcast up. Uh, shout out to everybody that sent in Twitter questions. Thank you for filling our Venn diagram of being both Survivor listeners and football enthusiasts. Sims, thank you for doing your deep dive on safeties. Oh, thank I you think for you hosting. Now, we now understand the top four guys, and I think uh, I'm really excited to see where they go. Yeah, Those, I got to go through a few more, too, because there's a few other ones that are interesting in the safety. You keep diving. We'll keep plugging. Uh, episode 107 is in the books. Love you guys very much. Uh, please, as always, leave a review. Those five-star reviews are so clutch. Uh, and you know what? If you could share on your social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, we'd really appreciate it because the more people that listen to it, uh, I don't know, it feels fucking cool to share it with everybody. <laughs> uh, for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendi. Good night, everybody. I'm Lefko Wahala.